And we're back another week from the blue corner. My name is Dennis, and uh, this week we're doing something a little different. Um, different because I mean it's still, I guess, in the combat sports kind of space. Um, my guest has obviously got uh, uh, knowledge in, in in combat sports. He he obviously trains and 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 things like that as well. But we are getting into the tech world. We've never done this before. Uh, but uh, yeah, we, we, we're going to explore this new technology that uh, he has created. Um, I don't even know if it's still in, in, in prototype or if it has been launched or if, if not, it's going to get launched really, really soon. But um, yeah, I'd I, I just like to speak to him and get his thoughts on obviously what this software does for, uh, I, I will say for the combat field, but I, I do believe he's going to eventually branch out into other sports as well. Um, so yeah, without further ado, um, I will introduce to you Benny Has and uh, his um, software program app, whichever one you want to call it, um, called Udon, which the K is silent, I've been told. Um, but before we, we uh, go across, I just want to remind people as well, because I always forget to do this at the very beginning, is if this is the first time you, you've come to this channel, please make sure you subscribe. Um, and if you're returning remember to hit that like. But anyway, uh, enough of that. And uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll throw it over to Benny Has. Uh, how have you been and how has the start of 2021 been treating you? Hi, Dennis. Uh, thanks for having me on, mate. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I've been quite well, quite busy. Uh, it's been pretty hectic trying to get all this off the ground. Um, 2021 has been quite challenging for me. Unfortunately, a couple of uh, months, my brother passed away a couple of months ago. So that's... Um, that was pretty tough. It hit me like a ton of bricks and, uh, you know, I'm just sort of collecting myself and uh, picking up the pieces and, you know, just ready to move forward, mate. Ready to move forward. I have to say, uh, obviously, condolences and, and you know, it's, it's, it's never nice. I, I have to ask, was it anything to do with, obviously, the, the global pandemic or was it... No, no, not at all. Not at all, mate. Um, you know, without going into it too much, you know, it's... Uh, you know, just a little bit of cholesterol um, broke off and clogged his artery, and um, you know he simply just dropped dead, mate. So you know it was um, it was a big shock to us all. He was only forty eight, uh, had a wife and wife and family, and um, you know it's just one of those things. You never know when your time's up. There's no guarantees here on planet Earth. Uh, you just got to live live every day f as much as you can, and and make the most of the time while you're here because you know you never know what's going to happen tomorrow. I totally feel you, and and I, I feel as we get older, we really do realize that that our yeah, our, sure. our, our, our days are numbered. Um, yeah, most def, most right? definitely. Because when yeah, when sure. when you're young, like you just feel like life is forever. Like you really you don't even give death a, th a thought. You right? don't. You don't. Um, and and as I say, like um, yeah, as you get older, I mean, I always say that the same thing with parents, right? Like I always find like it's funny when 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 you first and I don't even have a kid, so I don't even know if I'm talking out of my ass right now, but generally speaking when you have a kid you know they're very clingy to begin with right and 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 so forth like to the point you'll be like go to the bathroom and they're like not unless mommy or daddy's coming right like it, it's they're really clinged on to you um obviously and then they get into school and the parent becomes uncool and all of a sudden it's like you know i'm gonna take you to school no you're not i'm you know, you can drop me off three blocks from school and I'll walk the rest of the way. You That's know, true. like it, it really gets to that point. But I, I feel like as you get older again, like I, I remember, I guess, when, when you know, you kind of hit your late 20s, 30s, like 
your parent, I'm not saying your parent becomes cool again, but you realize like the importance of them and, and you start to really reconnect again because obviously the cool factor doesn't really worry too much, but you realize once again that your time is limited, right? And 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 it, it's funny how that kind of turns around. Um, and I mean, you could probably correct me because I know, as I said, I don't have a child, but you definitely do. No, a child definitely puts it all in perspective for sure, for sure. It... um. It allows you to, um, you know, to really see where all your time's getting spent and evaluate how you, how you spend your time each day, um, and how you can remain efficient, and, and your time your time is remained efficient in, the, in 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 that perspective anyway. Yeah, for sure, for sure. But yeah, it's all about as you get older. You know, the older you get, you sort of you realize that time's not to be taken for granted, and um, you know, you you have a limited time here on planet Earth, and you need to use it wisely. I mean, there was one thing that a, a past guest of mine, uh, Jens, said, and which I really thought was like awesome, which basically he went on to say that time is the greatest gift on earth, right? Like giving someone your time is literally the best gift you can give someone. And, and he was kind of like, it's the one thing we all wish we had more of. It's the one thing that we never have enough of. And once it's gone, you can never get it back, right? Mm. And and I was like, damn, that, that's on some real shit right there, right? Yeah, look, I, I 100% agree. You know, even starting this project, you know, my whole ambition is is not based around money. It's based around time. I want my time back. I want my life back. I want to walk the earth on my own terms. Um, these are what motivates me, what drives me. Um, money is nice. It's always nice to have money. It's nice to have nice things. But you know, spending the day at the beach with your daughter or, you know, just little things that time allows you to do um, when you're not so constricted by the normal nine to five, uh, five nine, nine to five program of, of working five days a week, having four, four weeks off holiday. You know, that's just not how I really want to live my life. And, um, you know, you, if you want to change it, you know, you need to go out and create it. You need to, you need to go after it. And that's basically what I've been doing. Um, that's a lot of what drives me and motivates me uh, behind this project. I have to ask, you said you want to live life on your own terms. Yes. What are those terms? Well, I, basically, I just don't want to be dictated by work. You know, I want my work and my life to be the same thing. You know, I don't want a holiday from, from work. I don't want a holiday from my life. I, I just want my life and my work to be the same thing and to be balanced efficiently and effectively. Um, you know, getting up and going to work five days a week for somebody else, to me, that scares me because I don't feel like I'm living up to my full potential. You know, I know that there's things that I can do. I know there's things, a lot of things that I could do. And, uh, you know, if I'm working for someone else and, and, and doing the hard yards for someone else and not really doing something that I love, well, then that means that I need to make a change. And it's kind of like that, that saying goes, right? You, you got to work to live, but not live to work. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. It's, it's, you know, living life on your own terms. It's, it's like, well, you know, today I'm going to go and do a podcast with Dennis and then I'm going to go and do some training in the afternoon and then I'm going to go and pick up my daughter and then I'm going to make her dinner and, you know, just rather than being, okay, well now I've got to get up at six o'clock in the morning. I've got to go to work. I've got to have some guy tell me that to do this and to do that and, and, and to be under all this pressure and, and, you know, that's not, that for me, that's not how I want to live for the rest of my life. Not at all. I've, I've had a taste of it. I've had a taste of it for, for many years now. And, you know, I, there's, there's, there's better ways to live, but you just have to, you have to make these things, these opportunities, they're not going to be just given to you. You know what I mean? You really need to create those and, and manifest those 
and and you know you do that through through a positive attitude and hard work and um you know that's that's the tip i'm on right now but when you talk about obviously having these pressures of turning up to work and 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 the pressures that are placed upon you being out in this world all on your own do you do you not find that's got a lot of pressure because like look i i mean i'm in my own business as well right but like and a lot of i remember a lot of uh friends at the beginning they were like ah oh, get a real job or you've got it so lucky because you don't have a boss to answer to and stuff like that and i'm like yeah but at the end of every week you're getting paid true right like people always see this running your own business as being like as i say like this oh you've got it so lucky um where i really find that um there's a lot more pressure because exactly that if if i don't bring in some sort of work this week you're not getting paid i ain't getting paid (laughs) right where at least you know having that nine to five you know okay well my mortgage is getting paid this is getting paid because i just need to show up um not 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 to say that there isn't positives of having your own business as well because i i feel like you get you get what you put in as well so there's definitely um you know the the imp- I, I don't even know what to say but the like- security the, the safeness and security around uh, having a full-time job yeah it's 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 undeniable you know you get your public holidays you get your holidays you know you have your sick pay you know the, at the end of the week no regardless of how many mistakes you've made you're still going to get paid you know it's all there look i've enjoyed that safeness and security but i feel pressure because i'm not living up to my full potential you know i feel pressure because I'm doing something that I don't want to do, you know, I, and I know I could make a change. I know I could do something else if I really put my mind to it, you know. So I feel that sort of pressure. Um, although those things that I just spoke about, yeah, that's, they're very, uh, it's very nice to have that comfort zone. But, you know, if you just stick in your comfort zone, well, then you're not really going to, you know, you're not going to achieve greatness, you know, you're not going to achieve anything much else because you're still stuck in your comfort zone, you know. And... You know, I feel pressure from that. Yeah, look, not having an income and 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 not having those sense of securities. Yeah, that that is pressure. Uh, but I don't really feel it too much. Like I, I feel commitment. I feel like okay, yeah, look, I'm 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 well in this. You know, and there's no backing out of this. I feel sense of sense of commitment. But a sense of pressure. I think I think with my martial arts training, I think that's helped a lot. You know, um, definitely pressure is. You know, when you've got like five or six guys that are fresh, you know, and they're coming after you, you know, one by one. And, you know, when you're grading or something like that and, you know, you've got to, you've got to defend yourself, you know, that's pressure. You know, that's, that's high pressure or, you know, that's even just, just through all the training and, and stuff like that. You learn to, to, to handle those emotions a lot better. Um, so, yeah, look, I do feel pressure, but, but in, in different ways. See, and I was going to say that that was the perfect segue to bring it to the martial arts space because that was the one thing that I wanted to kind of say martial arts has brought me, which was get comfortable in the uncomfortable, get out of your comfort zone, right, so to speak, um, dealing with setbacks and, and, and things like that. So that definitely, um, you know, as I say, uh, martials, martial arts is a, a great kind of uh, teacher of life itself. Um, but speaking of martial arts as well, like as I said, we'll, we'll get onto obviously um, the, the 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 program that you've kind of uh, created. Um, but like before we do, I I just want to kind of like get your history on the martial arts uh, in in the sense of you know how you first um, got in the space, I guess. Uh, what initially drew you to martial arts? What martial arts you practice in? 
Um, yeah, what, what, what is the, the Benny history of martial arts? Sure, sure, sure. Um, well, look, my dad, he, he did karate before I was born. Um, so, you know, he was my, my, some of my early memories, he was always like beating us up, you know, he's always doing spinning back kicks and, you know, saying, what's the back kick, what's the front kick. And, you know, he's just rumbling with me and my brother all the time, you know, um, I remember he bought home from the video store, uh, Revenge of the Ninja and Enter the Ninja. They were, there were some ninja movies back in the day. They starred, uh, Sho Kazugi, who was like the original sort of Hollywood ninja at the time. And they just had a massive impact. You know, I was a massive Star Wars fan and, and, and you know, I love Luke Skywalker. And, you know, I think being a ninja was probably the closest I could ever get to being like a Jedi. Um, so, yeah, that really sparked my interest 100%. But it wasn't until I got to about 12 that I started training. And I think I drifted in and out of it through the early teenage years. Like I started training Goshenryu Karate with my dad. Um, but, you know, I had a lot of other things going on. I was a massive, I loved skateboarding. I loved hip hop. You know, there were so many other distractions in the city. Um, so I drifted in and out of it, but sort of really got into it when I think I was about 15, got into, got into, uh, Goshenryu Karate and, um, I loved it. You know, I, I just, I loved it. I, you know, I was training like three or four times a week, you know, I was competing in tournaments. We're doing like point style type of fighting, um, you know, it was really just really my main focus and that kind of keep, kept me off my stri- off the street. A lot of my friends were sort of doing some really dumb stuff at the time and, um, you know, which is which is fine. But, you know, it sort of kept me focused and, and, and I was able me to steer clear from a lot of the stuff that was, was happening around me. Um, and, yeah, like I got my provisional black belt in about four years and, um, you know, I think I was state champion there. I think I got a state title for, at once in points one in Kumite. I loved Kumite, I loved sparring. Cutter was nearly, wasn't really my thing, but, you know, it was part of martial arts, you know. So I, I just really loved – I just really loved the training, you know, um, and I loved the progress and I – you know, it just really did me – a lot of good in those teenage years, you know, um, for sure. Uh, so, you know, I, I stuck with it, but you know, eventually I started snowboarding. <laughs> I first time I went snowboarding, I was like, that's it. This is what I'm going to do. You know, I come from a skateboarding background and, um, you know, I just fell in love with snowboarding and, and, you know, I was just like, okay, this is what I'm going to get going to do. So I did that for li- nearly 10 years, you know, it took me on an amazing journey all around the world. Um, got to, to to judge competitions and run competitions, run events, build half pipes, and you know I think that was really something that I was meant to do because so many doors just opened up for me while while I was doing it. I had an amazing time, but I couldn't really commit to martial arts while I, while I was doing that. You know, admittedly I was kind of partying a lot as well and just sort of living that snowboarder lifestyle. A lot of fun, but um, you know that sort of finished up for me when I was uh, around thirty. And, um, you know, I wasn't skating anymore. I wasn't snowboarding. I wasn't doing any activity. And, um, you know, the UFC was really getting some play now through, um, you know, through, through Foxtel, you know, through, um, through some of the shows on Foxtel. Um, you know, I'd known about UFC for, forever, really, from its conception with the, through Fighting Arts magazine. You know, I'd always read all the stories. And, um, you know, I just sort of made the decision to go back to, to, to martial arts because I always wanted to confirm my black belt. Um, with Goshenryu, you get your black belt provisionally and then you have to go through pretty much the whole process again to, to get it confirmed and you have to learn new cutters and, 
and uh, there's a little bit more to it. So it's it's you know it's it's quite a whole process to have a confirmation of a black belt through Gross and Rue, which is something that, that I, I really respect in that in that club. You know, it's definitely not you know you don't pay the money and you get your belt. You know, there's definitely uh, definitely a lot of time and effort that need to go into it. And I. I stepped back into it, into martial arts. There's a lot of things that I could just pick up and do straight away. You know, I had a lot of muscle memory from those early years, but there was a lot of things that that I needed to relearn, like all the cutters, for example. I was never a cutter person. Um, you know, I kind of thought that I would breeze through, <laughs> breeze through the, the the confirmation grading because I'd had that such a such a strong past. But you know, realistically, it took me another four years to 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 get to a standard to to com- to confirm my grade. Um, so that was a good. Uh, I really wanted to tick that off. I that, that was something that I, I I wanted to I wanted to finalise. It was always something in the back of my mind, like you know, Ben, you really need to confirm your grade, you know. So I was really happy to do that. Um, then you know, after that, I just kind of you know, I, if I was to progress further in karate, and I, I loved karate, but if I was to progress f- further, it meant driving around to the different dojos around around the city. Um, you know, the traffic in Sydney is nothing like it used to be. You know, I was able to do that quite easily, um, you know, when I was a teenager. But, you know, it just, I think I just needed to change. Um, Langy's MMA was, uh, you know, it's Sydney's first MMA school, Sydney's first BJJ school. It's been there, for, just been there forever. I lived um, just on the next block. My parents bought a house just in Manly, just on the next block from, um, from Langy's. And it was somewhere that I always wanted to train. I never knew anything about jujitsu or anything like that. But I just knew it looked like a legitimate club, you know, like had no bells and whistles. It was it just it just looked like a place that I wanted to train. And, and I always popped my head in there and, and had a bit of a look because I was just so close to it. And then eventually it just made the change. I was just like, OK, I'm going to go and do Muay Thai. So I still haven't rolled yet. I still haven't done jujitsu, but I've been, been training Muay Thai for at least probably the last eight years now through Langies. Um, just been amazing just loved every minute of it the instruction the instructors there are, are fantastic um you know it's been a, a really a learning process adapting my karate techniques to the muay thai techniques and you know um learning what works for me and what doesn't work for me and you know i'm getting a bit older now too you know so you know i can't sort of um train or do some of the things that i used to do but you know just sort of switching to muay thai and and, and, you know, karate and Muay Thai are, are, are predominantly the same. You know, they're striking arts, but, you know, they're, they're different in their approach. Um, you know, the, the kicks are different, the punches are different, you know, the, the blocking is different, the movement's different, the footwork. So, and you, I guess that's – I wanted to ask you about that because obviously, um, you know, a couple of weeks now uh, we, we just had this, this, this circus fight, which was uh, Jake Paul versus Ben Askren, right? And <laughs> – and I brought up the whole thing about, you know, can MMA guys compete in boxing and vice versa? And, and I always try to explain to people like exactly that, that yes, they're both forms of striking, but they're yet, they're so different. Um, and especially when it comes to, I guess, in, uh, when I say MMA to, to boxing is the stance even, right? Like it, it's just like when you're worried about having someone take your leg and, and stuff like that you straight away from the word get-go you you as i say you're in a different stance um the the way you slip punches and everything is totally different because you're not worried about a knee coming up through the center or 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 things like that but like in 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 your sense like when when you say like having to adapt from from karate to muay thai what are some of the differences that that you really found 
Definitely the kicks. The kicks. Um, you know, I had my, I had muscle memory from from doing karate, and the way you, you know, the way you do a back leg mawashigiri, which is a back leg sort of round kick in in Muay Thai. Um, you know, it's it, I guess to the to 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 somebody who doesn't know what they're looking for, it looks quite the same. But you know, the hip movement is completely different, and um, like you know, it's the whole thing. I have to unlearn what I've just learned. You know, like that 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 whole saying that you know the Bruce Lee saying, unlearn what you. And that that was exactly true. You know, I really had to stop doing my karate techniques and really think about how how this Muay Thai techniques are working uh, anatomically because I was just doing them wrong. Um, and it just took me so long. And, and even now I don't, with all the training, you know, with the years and years and years of training, I do know when I have done a good Muay Thai kick and then I, I know when I haven't, you know what I mean? And it's a lot of things too with the footwork, like I take a longer stance, um, being from, from karate, you know, uh, Muay Thai, traditionally you're on the back foot a little bit more and, and you're, you know, you've got to check those kicks. You know, when my spar with the Muay Thai guys, they kick my legs all the time. You know, I, I really, I, 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 I'm still sort of darting in and out like a karate fighter would sort of do rather than sort of sitting there and staying in the pocket and, and, and lifting up my front leg. You know, there's many different things that, that I notice, but, um, you know, I, I don't want to just completely disregard those karate techniques either. Um, although I really enjoy the, the power of the, of, of the Muay Thai techniques, you know, I love the movement of karate, you know. So, you know, it's not like I, I want to completely d dismiss it. And I don't think I even could because of, because of the way that the, 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 the amount of time that I've spent doing karate, you know, it's, I can't just stop it. I can't just stop those techniques. So it's a lot of fun just combining the two, you know, and putting the two, two and two together. And, you know, sometimes I always think, you know, who would win? Like who would win from a karate guy and a, and a Muay Thai guy, you know? And, and um, you know, it, that's, it's just not an answer, a question that I can answer because it comes down to the individual really. But, um, you know, they both have their, their, their benefits and, um, you know, they're just a, a lot of fun. And that's just why I love martial arts. You know, I just love learning, learning new things and training and, and being physically active. And that's what that's what draws me to to these types of sports. It's it's kind of funny that you said you wish you could kind of uh, work out who'd win between karate and 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 Muay Thai, and and I guess that's where mixed martial arts came about, right? When you really think about the original concept of, uh, you know, even like the UFC was like let's put a boxer up against a BJJ practitioner or, or whatever, and and you really where I find now MMA is actually an art of its own, like. You know what I mean? Like yes. you, you can literally go to these gyms now and take an MMA class rather than a Muay Thai class or, you know, a wrestling class. Like obviously they will still break, you know, s certain fundamentals apart. But like, I think that's why we've, we've kind of got lost in it now because yeah, it's no longer trying to figure out which um, art is the best art or the most efficient art because i kind of feel like now it's become an art of its own do, do you kind of get that sense yeah oh, yes totally totally i look I, I definitely agree um i loved the early days of the ufc you know it's like um like the video game pit fighter you know or street fighter you know it really was karate versus the boxer versus the wrestler you know even down to the different uniforms that they wore you know that to me those days were, were were awesome and and you know obviously now you know if a kid kid goes okay i want to learn how to fight off i want to do martial arts you know they're going to want to learn how to do everything now you know because they see 
they see the UFC, you know, they see, okay, well, if, you know, if I want to learn how to fight, I have to learn how to wrestle. I have to learn how to jujitsu, you know, I have to learn how to box and kick and, you know, you, it's, it, it definitely has evolved to, to, to its own art form. But, um, you know, from, from my perspective, I think doing a traditional martial art, um, even like Taekwondo, you know, can really help you because you learn to fight moving forwards and you learn to fight moving backwards. You learn to fight off the, each stance, like your right hand forward, your left hand forward. So you see guys, even like Robert Whittaker, you know, he comes from a traditional karate background, you know, he, he, he can land heavy strikes moving backwards, you know, dudes, dudes like Paul Felder as well, you know, from, from any leg, from any side, from any direction, you know, a traditional martial arts background, you will learn how to strike like that. Where in an MMA, where you're sort of learning a whole uh, a whole group of techniques from from ground game to to, to your stand up, uh, you know, you might not work on moving backwards so much, or you might sort of s stick onto one stance, or you know, you might not have the footwork to move side to side. So. That traditional method of just doing drills up and down, up and down all night, like that you get from those traditional styles. Um, sure, for, for kids now, you know, they might go, man, this sucks. You know what I mean? This is this is horrible, you know, because it is. It's very difficult, especially on a wooden slippery floor on a, on a cold night in the winter, you know. But, uh, you know, those that's how you learn and, that, and that's how you get confident you know, even dudes who, you know, even um, Robert Whitaker on the weekend, you know, he fights with his hands so low because he has the confidence in himself. He knows that he can move. His feet will, his footwork will get him out of the way, you know. And I think that all comes from from a traditional, a traditional background that I think moving straight into an MMA school, you will, you will lose a little bit of that. Do you think he keeps his hands low because he, he's so confident of his movement? Because I always thought he kind of kept them low in preparation for someone um, shooting for a takedown. Yes, right. Yeah. So I kind of felt like he, he keeps them low because I remember the, the first time I really seen him implement that was um, when he fought uh, Carlton Smith who was and everyone was saying like, this guy's just going to take Robert down and beat him. And then... Rob came with that a real like his front hand was right down mm -hmm. like it wasn't even mm -hmm. like half up and it was literally like yeah shoot I got my underhook right there and and I kind of feel like that was but I mean as I say I, I could be totally wrong but I, I thought it was more in preparation for wrestlers that he just he's confidently striking where obviously when it comes but look I was proven wrong again like this Calvin fight I mean speaking of that fight you obviously watched it right Yes, yes, man. And, yeah. and and did that fight go the way you, you thought it would or, or Oh I thought I thought uh, Bobby would outclass him for sure. Kelvin's no no slouch. Um but um to me Robert's always been when he was on his tear, you know, before he was champion, you know, he was he was easily top three fighters in the UFC, if not the best fighter in the UFC from from my perspective. Um, so, you know, it's been really good to watch his, his confidence grow as he's been getting back into the game after his layoff and obviously after losing the title. Um, you know, I, I thought he would beat Kelvin, but just on him having his hand down like that, yes, you're right, obviously he does, you know, he keeps his, his hand down, 
for many reasons, you know. But I think he is uh, he is very confident in in his footwork and, and his his distance, his his management of the range and his distance. He's very confident, and I think that comes from his karate background. But I think also after, especially after watching that the, the Gastelum fight, I think he keeps it low because he can sneak the jab up. You know, if you've got your left hand up or your right, if you've got your front hand up high. You know, you, you you can you can shoot the jab out real quick, but your opponents can see it. If you have your your hands down low, you know you can sneak you can sneak that jab up real quick, and and you know you don't even see it. And I think that works a lot for Bobby. So you know he has his hands down for 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 many different reasons. But even someone like Connor, you know Connor has that sort of traditional style of of moving in and out. Uh, you know his footwork um, allows him to 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 gauge the distance and range very well. And uh, you know, I think that that he, that that you can see that in, in the way he keeps his guard up as well, because he he has quite a low guard as well. Are you a fan of Wonder Boy? <laughs> yeah, I love Wonder Boy. Of course, of course. Look, he, you know, he's he's that traditional point style fighting fighter. Like that's how we, you know, we that's how we used to fight when we used to do tournaments and stuff like that in that point style and. Sometimes I look at it and I just go, oh, this style's crazy, you know, like what, even the way he just has his hands down so low and, and you know, it just, it, it, when you look at it sort of to, to, and compare it to like a traditional tie fighter or a traditional boxer, you know, you, you think, what's this guy doing, you know? But yeah, he's the, he's the prime example of what I'm talking about. You know, he, he is supremely confident in his movement and, and he knows that he'll be able to get out of out of the way and and that's why he can hang his hands down so low and one thing that i've noticed you know coming switching to muay thai and especially when you got gloves on is just how much energy it takes for you to keep your hands up all the time you know um and you know i was always inspiring and in training i was always getting told by the coach come on ben you got to keep your hands up you got to keep your hands up and i'm like oh man i I'm too tired, you know, I can't keep my hands up, you know, but obviously there's, there's, there's an importance to keeping your hands up as well. So, you know, I think it's all about, you know, for fighters these days, it's all about just finding a, a good balance of what, what works for them. But, um, you know, just definitely, you, you know, if you're not going to have, keep your hands up, well, then you need to be supreme, you need to be very confident in your, in your footwork. And, and, and the reason I ask about Wonderboy is at the moment, like uh, on the internet and stuff, there's a massive push for Wonderboy. Like there's, there's a lot of people out there that are, and look, we all love Wonderboy. He's one yeah. of the nicest guys. My question is, 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 I guess, like with him, all these, all these people are wanting him to get the, the title shot and stuff like that. And I, I would love to see him there too. Would he... Um, have success you reckon with Usman um and I mean even to the point like obviously right now he he's been matched up against Gilbert Burns do you like that matchup or do you think that's a matchup and and the only reason I say look I'm not trying to take anything away from Wonderboy like as I said I'm a fan too but I also realize that you know father time does catch up with people and I just feel like are, are we all kind of like hoping for something when he is kind of, and I'm not even saying he's on his downturn right now, but I mean, surely sooner or later it, it, it is going to affect his performance. So, like, how how high are you on his stocks right now? Do you do you think a he's gonna he's gonna climb the mountain of Gilbert Burns and he's gonna accomplish that? And and two, do you think he uh, will get a title shot soon? And do you think he would give Usman, who at the moment is is undeniably the best in in that division do you think he would um give him some sort of problems oh wonderboy would give anybody problems man for sure 100 percent. look it was disappointing um that he didn't get the title i think he fought tyrone twice for the title and he, he, he did he didn't get those um yeah look 
you know, as much as as much as I love Wonder Boy's style, you know, it, it is a little bit limited, you know. But he he does have extremely well, uh, extremely good takedown defense. I think it's some of the best in in in, in his division. Um, you know, his movement, he's such a puzzle, you know. But um, you know, there's dudes who can take strikes very well. You know, Gastelum's one of them. You know, he took a lot of shots off Bobby on the weekend. Um, you know, there's not there's not a uh, there's not a hell of a lot of power in, in Wonderboy's techniques. Not saying that he kicks and, and, and hits soft, but, you know, with that karate, sort of more karate style, you know, he, you know he, can, he can get solid shots on people, but they seem to not react to them too, too much, you know. So, um, you know, and I think people are sort of working him out a little bit, finding his weak points and, and sort of concentrating on those weak points a bit. But, you know, as they say, you know, you can't, um, you can't bring guys into training to mimic his style you know what i mean and and that that causes a lot of problems look i i do think he i'd love to see him fight for a title again and i do think he, he has the potential to win it still you know i don't think he's getting too old you know he seems to be um he seems to be very fit and you know just one of those individuals that 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 works extremely hard and, and is willing to um you know to to really put it all on the line in in, in fights and i think um you know, he, he, he's cop slack before about um, not being so aggressive, you know, just sort of waiting, you know, similar to what, you know, Leota Machida used to used to do. And, um, you know, I think he's sort of switched his game up a bit too and he's being more aggressive now. Um, and he's really going after it rather than just playing the waiting game, playing the counter-striker. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? You know, anything could happen. But, uh, mate, I, I wouldn't write him off right now. No, not at all. And going back to Bobby, um, what do you reckon... Um went wrong with the with the first fight against Izzy. Um, do, you, do you think uh, it was more to do with, um, I guess, something that um, Rob did wrong? Or do you think that Izzy is just that great? I think, well, what a lot of people don't understand is, is Whitaker pulled out of fight, like fights like twice on the night of the fight due to serious health conditions, right? I'm not sure what both of them were, but that severely interrupted his whole uh, momentum, his progress. It, it, it severely, it halted his career and, and he had to take a break from it and, and, and you know, really, obviously he had those two wars with, with EOL as well and, and then, you know, to have to pull out of fights, um, you know, the night before, you know, go through all the training camps and not have to fight and everything, it, it disrupted his whole game. It disrupted his whole game and, um, you know, then he took the layoff and everything and when, I think, I can't quite remember, but I think Izzy was one of his first fights getting, when he was coming back from his layoff, so that's, you know, Izzy's an extremely hard fight for anyone, whether or not you're just coming back into the, into the game. And, um, you know, anybody who's watched Robert's career knows that he didn't fight a good fight and, and, and he wasn't as strong and as sharp as, as he normally is and a tactician as he normally is. I think, I think what really happens, and this, to me this happens to quite um, a lot of fighters who watched the previous fight. The previous fight was... Gastelum uh, was 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 Gastelum. Gastelum versus Izzy, right? And 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 Gastelum hit him a bunch of times, right? And that was really the first time we'd really seen Izzy get hit so much, right? So Robert Bobby's watched that and gone, yeah, well I can hit this guy, you know. If if Kelvin can hit him, I can hit him, right? You know, and um, so you know you could see Bobby, okay, I'm just going to go in here and try and take this bloke's head off, right? And and obviously, obviously Izzy's a you know he's a the, one of the best in the game with counter strikes and and you know he 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 could read that 
he could get those reads off Whitaker, and you know, it just wasn't it wasn't the same guy. It wasn't the same guy that that went through that tear and tore through everyone to get the title. You know, um, you could see that, and and now you know now he's he's with the the. The last couple of fights that he's had, you can see his confidence growing and growing and growing. You know, he beat Cannoneer, you know, solid, solidly. You know, and even you know, as we as we mentioned before, you know, in the in the octagon with with Kelvin, he's got his hands down. You know, he's 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 back to his best. You know, this Robert, I think, will definitely really push Izzy a hell of a lot harder. And I think the the the, the first four, the first fight. He just wasn't. He was off his game, and and he had good right to be off his game because he had all these setbacks, previous setbacks. And I also feel like it was a mental thing. And and, and you're right. Like he he went in with the wrong game plan for that. Like uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, it was great seeing Calvin have that success. But let's let's not get a twist. Calvin took a lot of shots to get those shots right. Most and a, a, as we as we all know. Calvin can take some shots like that, that that guy like I don't know what his head's made out of but like he can take those shots and I think that was a mistake there it's like yeah cool you're, you're gonna rush and you'll hit Izzy but Izzy's gonna hit you doing that and uh unless you're a Kelvin you can take those shots it it, it, it becomes a bit of an issue mm. um but yeah I mean since he's come back he, he's obviously he he outclassed Till as you say Kenanier now Kelvin do you think he's the next title shot again? Like, do you, do you think he deserves it? Have you seen enough out of him um, in the sense of, do you think he'll make the right adjustments now? Um, and also, do you, do, do you feel like he is a real threat to Izzy? Yeah, he's a threat to anybody. He's a threat to anybody in the, in, in, in the UFC, in, you know, in the octagon. Uh, he's, yeah, for, oh, for sure, for sure. Look, I, you know, I don't know too much about it, but I did hear that, um, that, that is his managers or they're not interested in fighting him again. You know, um, I think he's clear, clear, clear for the next title shot for sure. I think he's done enough. I think he's done more than enough. I think, I think, um, when Robert fought Cannoneer, Izzy said, okay, Cannoneer, demolish Whitaker, you're next at the title, right? So, you know, Whitaker demolished Cannoneer. Now he's de- uh, demolished uh, Gastelum, uh, Kelvin. So, you know, he, he's, he should be the next next title. He should get the next title shot for sure. And yes, 100%. I, I, would, I will lean towards Robert beating him for sure. Yeah, see, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I really do. Um, I think, look, Marvin's the only one that's making a case as well. Um, and I, I said, like, in the post-presser, Mar- Mar- Marvin was quite smart the way he worded things. He basically said that uh, Izzy was wanting a fight in June. And he's and obviously Rob said that he would like to make that fight in September, um, hopefully here in Australia if we can open the borders. Um, but Marvin used that and basically said, listen, Izzy, you want to fight in June? I'm ready. So that's the only thing that I kind of... And I felt like he played that card really well. He, yep. He's basically saying, if you don't want to wait for Whitaker, I'm here, right? Um, which would then mean, you know, if they did make that fight in June, then Whitaker would probably have to take another fight because I, I, I just don't know if he's going to fight in June. He's going to be ready by September again, right? So I just... We'll see how that all plays out. But uh, yeah, I, I definitely feel like he went at that first fight wrong. Um, mm. I feel like he he knows that as well, um, and and I kind of feel like he will make the adjustments once again. Izzy's a tough one, right? He he really is because he is really good. Um, but I do feel like if there's one person that could beat him, it it would be Rob, and and I really look forward to that mm. that match. But listen, uh, I mean, one more question, I guess, for you as well. I, I just wanted to ask, as a parent now, 
Uh, you said obviously you you got into karate because of your dad. Um, does does your daughter uh, train in martial arts? No, no, she doesn't. She, I, I've trained her a little bit um, just privately, you know, just on the pads and stuff. Um, you know, she can she she can actually kick very well. Um, she can punch and stuff like that. She's um, yeah, she's not really. Uh, she's just kind of getting back into her athletic side. When she was younger, she would run around everywhere and kick the ball and you know do no handed cartwheels and you know she was she was absolutely crazy you know now she when she got to about 12 she got a phone and she's like oh no i'm just gonna do things on my phone now you know what i mean but now she's back she's playing playing soccer um you know she's getting into a soccer she always used to love that and, and i'm seeing that more athletic side of her it's look i'm not going to push her into it you know i know the benefits that it gave me but um you know i've, I've taken to a couple of kickboxing classes and um you know we do some stuff here and there i'd, I'd like to see her get into some jiu-jitsu or something like that but that's up to her you know i'll, I'll definitely push her if, if she if she'd like to sort of uh i'll give her that opportunity if, if she'd like um i'll continue my own training with her you know i've said to her look if you want to travel the world no daughter of mine is going to travel the world who doesn't know how to land a solid kick to the groin or a nice finger strike to the eye or something like that you know so you know we need to um sharpen her up and stuff like that before i'm going to let her let the, let out the gate um altogether all the techniques that are potentially illegal but uh it, it, obviously in the street fights it doesn't really matter so um but um look i mean you know the, the the great thing about especially arts like bjj as well is like it's never too late right so i i, I find like bjj is such a beautiful sport in the sense of you know, like I, I remember one person asked me and they're like, you know, I'm 50 something years old. Like, is it too late to start BJJ? And it's the one sport where I kind of feel like, no, it's not. Like you can pick that up at, at any point in your life. So you never know, you know, once once she's done playing soccer and once she's traveled the world, you never know, like eventually she might turn around anyway. Because, uh, yeah, as I said, it's, it's, it's one of those sports that doesn't have an age in, in a sense. Yeah, that's correct. That's correct. But um, look, why did we get you on? Um, and Udon, um, you know, you, you've been in in this development world for a little while. Um, you know, I, I guess first, what does the name represent? Um, as I said, the 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 K is silent. How did you come up with the name? Um, and yeah, and and what was the original concept of of this this i, I i'm still not 100 percent if it's software if it's app if it's like what it is so i guess take take me through kind of the history at the moment we'll we'll start at the beginning like where where did the initial uh, idea kind of spark up what was it initially uh trying to represent and and yeah how'd you even come up with the name okay yeah i guess look i'll start with the name um if you want to register a business now and, and, and come up with an original name, an authentic name, pretty much everything that you can think of is taken, right? And they have, they have even things like, like domain brokers and stuff like that. So if you come up with a domain name, um, someone's probably already owns it and they'll sell it to you for like five grand, you know? Um, I wanted to come up with a name for my platform, which was, was original name, you know, something authentic, something that, you know, that, that when you say that name, that's the only thing that that name will represent, you know, and that's very difficult to do, uh, you know, especially given those reasons, you know, social media handles, web domains, business names, you know, all the good names have, are taken, you know, so it's very hard to come up with something original. Um, you know, I threw around a few different things here and there and, um, 
you know, I come up with Udon. Well, first it was first it was Udicon. Udicon. So the K was pronounced. Um, then, you know, just sort of doing the research over the last couple of years and speaking to people about the product, you know, I just found that it was quite difficult for them for people to pronounce, um, you know, which was sort of a bit of coming from, you know, I've got a bit of a marketing background and, and you know, I, I realized that that I needed to sort of just make the name sound 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 better. And I knew I knew I'd, I'd eventually come up with something. And um, so now I just sort of broke it down into an acronym. So you, 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 so it's U-D-O-K-N. So the U-D-O is you do. So that's the, that's, that's the physical. That's you doing, you doing your karate, you doing your Muay Thai, you doing your yoga, you doing your, your dancing, you know, whatever this platform, um, whatever you're using this platform for. So that's the you do. And then the K-N as in, as in knowledge. So when you pronounce knowledge, you know, you say, you say the N, the K silent, you know what I mean? So, you know, you have the you do, which is the physical, and then you have the KN, which is the knowledge, which is the mental. So it's sort of like an acronym, you know, in a, in a way. But you, Don, it's just a name that, that, that's short and sweet. You know, I have a nice you logo. You know, like I said, I just wanted a name that, uh, that represents just my brand and my, my platform, my software, and, and nothing else. You know, it's sort of like you Googles and you Ubers and stuff like that. And so when, when, when did this idea spark? Because I know you've been at this for quite some time now. Like it's, it's not obviously something, you know, a lot of people have started stuff during the pandemic. Um, I, I believe you obviously started this way before the, the pandemic. So this has kind of like been bubbling for a little while. So when, when did you originally uh, come up with the idea? Um, and as I said, like the idea has changed over time. So what was the original idea? Mm. And, and I guess even why? Okay, so look, I've been working on this for about seven years now, um, you know, so quite a, quite a long time, um, and yet it has changed, you know, it has, has, has progressed, it has evolved. Um, you know, I sort of just started off thinking of ideas to do, like similar how I, you know, spoke at the, at the start of the program about, uh, you know, wanting to live my life on my own terms and, and living up to my full potential and, and uh, creating something, making something manifest, you know, I thought about doing something in the, in the, in the martial arts space. Um, you know, especially kids martial arts at the moment, like it's huge, you know, and I was like, okay, maybe I'll do a children's book. And then it's like, okay, if I do a children's book, I'll need a digital add on, you know, so then I was like, okay, I'm going to do this website, you know, um, and then, you know, thing, things just sort of evolved from there. But my original idea was, was sort of just to, uh, you know, have some functions and features around sort of traditional martial arts styles, like uh, like from an from a digital perspective, pretty much turning the the, the bricks and mortar dojo into something that's uh, that's online, like a community space where people of that that uh, that club can uh, engage with each other and talk about martial arts and so on and so on. Um, you know, have like a belt grading system, um, some some geese where the kids could change their, the color of their geese, and you know, you could you could have a taekwondo gi, and you know, if you did karate, you could have your karate gi and your jiu-jitsu gi, and you know, it was, it was very different to what it is now. But I just sort of was tossing around these ideas, um, you know, and I thought, okay, well, I'm, I'll do this website. The website will take will cost about twenty grand, you know, I'll be able to do that. And then it was like, okay, well, if I'm going to do a website, I need to do an app. You know, apps are heaps better. That's probably going to cost about a hundred grand. Okay, if we're going to do that, well, then I'm going to need to get investors. You know, so, you know, for me, it's just a, been a uh, just learning how to get this sort of thing off the ground. You know, I come from a bit of a graphic design background, so I'm able to 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 put things on the screen. You know, how I want them to look and that sort of thing, and you know, just sort of gradually sort of building it up from through that 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 method. 
and uh, you know, I've 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 had to get investors on board. You know, I've had to learn how to launch a startup. You know, I, uh, all these things I've sort of just made it up as I go along, and and um, you know, I've had to jump over every single hurdle to get to where I am. You know, and and that's that's just what I need to do to 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 achieve my goal. Um, so now, right now, you know, we've got the platform. Um, uh, I'll speak a little bit about the platform. It, it's it's essentially a booking right now. It's a booking and billing system. It allows businesses to to um, to create a timetable where their students can um, join the classes in that timetable. It allows businesses um, to create um, payment plans and, and options where students can can purchase. Um, so it's pretty much we're laying down the foundation of a of a of a member member management platform. And we're going to build and grow the features and functionality of that um, as we as we grow the business. So think MindBody. MindBody is like my biggest competitor. Um, you know, uh, it works in a MindBody works in a different type of way where you have a subscription fee, a monthly subscription fee, and you have a merchant fee. Um, my platform has no monthly f subscription fee for the business, and it has no merchant fee either. Um, I make uh, Udon makes its money by um, taking a very small percentage of the transaction from the from the the member joining the association or buying a monthly subscription or purchasing their their lesson plans their lessons. Um, I take a very small percentage of that. So, you know, it's 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 way more cost effective for businesses to have this type of solution, this member management solution. You know, we will we we have um, plans to take it further. Where it, where it's uh, my my original concept has always been to create a an exclusive environment for which um, students can upload photos and videos, not for likes and for ego trips or anything like that, but for learning. You know, video analysis is a extremely underutilized tool in most sports. It's it's used at the extreme high end probably every single day. But you know, in the, at the lower end, the mid range, and it's you know, it's not used at all. You know, if you upload a video of yourself, you know, doing any sort of technique, whether it's dancing, martial arts, or yoga, or something, you know, in your mind, you have a picture of how good you're doing it. You know, like I'm killing it right now. I'm really, really good at this technique. And then someone films it for you, and you have a look at it, and you're like, oh wow, you know, I got to get my leg up so much higher, or you know, I, I I'm really not as good as I was, and you know that um, video analysis is 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 can be used to uh, help people progress. You know, so you know I want to create like an exclusive environment so it's safe and secure, so kids can upload photos and videos um, of themselves training. You know, the people in that business um, can can comment on it and and and, and uh, encourage them to 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 practice. Um, and it's an in safe environment, so it's just for that business itself. It's not for the whole of the world to see it's only exclusive space for that business to operate in so it's it's safe and it's it's a safe environment for kids to do that and i was going to say when 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 you have training footage and, and you realize how bad you are there, there, there's the other type of people that'll be like they'll blame the person taking the video they'll be like oh you didn't get the angle right right <laughs> it'll be like can you shoot it again yeah. but we'll do it from this angle come on um but like, let, let, let's go back to the the original, obviously, even the funding. How hard was it to to, to get investors on board? Because I know also you got a government grant at I some did, stage. Yes. Um, like, how, how much did that help in the progress? But like, how, yeah, how hard was it to, to like, were, were investors um, 
kind of like really uh, like on on the idea, or or were they kind of like hesitant to begin with, or how 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 hard was it to get the funding? Ah, uh, look, it's um, it, it look, it's 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 been very challenging, very difficult. It's it's you know to get anyone to hand over large amounts of money for something that's not even built yet is is always a challenging challenging time. Um, you know, I, I raised a, quite a, quite a bit of money through friends and family, and that was something that I never thought I, I would do, I would be able to do. Um, but um, you know, I've got a good, 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 close group of of, of friends, you know, and um, you know, we we just sat down and spoke about it, and you know, they saw my journey, my progress, my evolution from the idea from when it first started to what I've got it to now. Um, you know, they saw the uh, the the benefit. That I was that I was offering and the value and the potential of the idea, um, they they invest they're investing money in me predominantly as well, you know. So and they saw my drive and my motivation and you know they they all know me from for a very long time, you know. So they they back me as someone who can get this off the ground. Um, but still, you know, it's 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 a conversation, you know. I said to him, look, you know, ninety nine percent of these things fail. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, like, I'm like Han Solo, you know, never tell me the odds. You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't, I don't think about failure. You know, I only think about success. Um, but going, you know, going back to the beginning of this podcast, though, do you feel the pressure? How the pressure? Well, just that people have backed you. They've, they've, they've thrown money at you, but there is that chance of failure too. And then you're like, damn, like, and especially when you're talking about friends and family, like, do you, do you see that as, as any sort of pressure? Yeah, look, like I said, it's to me, it's not pressure; it's commitment. You know, it's like okay, you know, pr feeling pressure, you can essentially control that yourself. You know, you can allow yourself to feel pressure, or you can not allow yourself to feel pressure. You know, um, commitment. You know, it's 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 well, yeah, well, I'm committed now. You know what I mean? I'm I'm I've taken money from people. I'm I'm accountable. You know what I mean? And and that 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 is also a a big driving factor as well. Um, but yeah, look, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's not a, it's not something that I'm comfortable with. Okay. I can, can you give me money? You know, can you give me money for this, this idea that I'm working on, you know, but you know, as I said, we all sat around and it was like, look, this is one of those things that we don't want to sit when we're 60 and go, oh man, we should have done that. Now we should have done that. You know, like, and all my friends were the same. We're like, yep. You know, okay, let's do it. Let's do it. You know? So I was able to, to get an initial an initial amount of money off the ground. Um, I also got picked up uh, by um, you know an investment portfolio company who own a um, who own a, a digital agency. Um, you know they really liked the idea. They saw the potential in the idea, and um, so they sort of backed me where they sort of took me under their wing under what's called they call it the Nebula program where um, you know they sort of match me for a dollar for dollar value so if I throw in if I say for example I throw in 50 50k for development they'll throw in another 50k of develop of development not so they're not throwing in money but they're they're building the actual platform um, and that's that's a, a deal that any sort of founder can strike um, and a deal that's sort of offered through 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 various sort of development companies out there but you know it's not something that you know, you have to you have to have a, a, a good idea, and they have to have to really back you to 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 to, to want to help you with your idea. You know, um, so you know through through those connections, you know, as we were able to get the the 
get a start, you know, get, a, get, the, get the, the program, uh, the application um, being developed. And, um, you know, the government has been offering uh, what's called an MVP grant. So the version that you see now for, for, for my application. So I'll just, um, just explain my application. My application is desktop software. Right, which can be used on a on a phone. So we are building an a, an actual application for it, which is halfway built. But at the moment, it's just uh, desktop software, which is administration software for um for 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 businesses that have group bookings. You know, um. So my version, what you see now, is called an MVP, which is the minimum viable product. And for you know five or six years ago, the New South Wales state government has been offering grants for people like myself to get their minimum vial product off the ground. Um, it's a $25,000 grant. Um, I've been trying to get it for four years, okay? Um, you know, first application got rejected. Second application got rejected. Um, went in, saw them, got some feedback, uh, adjusted that second application. So that was like my third that got rejected. Um, so, you know, I was really disheartened because I was like, man, this twenty five grand. I need to get this, you know, I need, to, I need to pay these bills, I need to get this grant, I need this to be part of my story. And I was really disheartened as to why I didn't get it because even um, I, I thought I met all the criteria, but even if your business meets all the criteria, it's a competitive process, so you're still not guaranteed to get it. So it's very, it's very, very difficult. Can I ask you though, when you, when you say you went in and you, you got some feedback, what kind of feedback... Like, does the government, I guess, give you or, or the agency that handles that case? Like what, what kind of feedback are they actually giving you? Well, the, 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 the form, the application, it's very ambiguous. You know what I mean? The questions, they could, they could, you could answer many different ways, you know? So basically went in and, and I asked them why I, why I failed, right? And I was told actually that I had quite a strong application. It's just that there was better applications for that round, that, that they selected, okay? So, you know, I thought I was pretty much done for and then I rang them up. This was sort of, this was like a year and a half later. I just rang them up and to say, look, I need this grant. You know, this is what, this is what the MVP grant's for. You know, I've got an MVP. You know, I, I'm X amount of money in debt now. You know, I, I need this grant, you know? Um, and I got onto the guy who actually runs the whole program just through this one phone call. He actually picked up the phone. And when you normally ring them, you know, it's very hard to get through. It's a government department, right? So you never really get to the guy that you want to speak to. And I got to the main guy and I just told him my story. And he's like, Ben, come in. Let's go through it. You know, it all sounds really good to me. I'm stoked that you're still trying, you know, that you've made all this progress. You know, you've made all this traction. Um, you know, you, you, you really have a good understanding of what you're trying to do. You know, I think... I, I think I can really help you out because, you know, the more grants that they hand out, the better it is for their program, you know, the more successful um, grants that they give people, the more successful their program is. So, you know, they actually do try and help. Um, so, you know, I went and had a meeting, another meeting with him. And look, when I read back my old application form, when I went through the, for, the, for the new application, I could see how bad my application was and how much how much my business had evolved and, and how much traction that I, that I could prove that I had made um, since the previous application, you know. So I, know, I knew why I didn't get the grant from the previous, the previous applications. Um, my Are they on you though? Like, and, and what I mean by that, like once you get it approved, is it a case of them signing your check over and, and that's it? 
Or like, do they now like need you to report back to them? Like, how, yeah. do, how does all of that work? Yeah, they just gave me they just gave me the first um, nine grand, um, and they just did that. Look, yeah, you do have to have certain criteria met. You know, they don't just go, okay, yeah, here's here's some here's here's the money. You know, it, they you do have to, you know, have all your t's t's crossed and your eyes dotted, and you know, you need to have the right things in place for for them to hand over the money. Um, it is it is it is a fair bit of work, you know. I won't I won't lie, it is a fair bit of work. But um, they just gave me the first nine k, and now I've just moved to the next stage where I'm filling out what's called a progress report for them. So you know, um, I show them screenshots of of the application, um, you know, uh, some feedback from my first customer, and um, you know, a couple of other bits and pieces. And then once they're all satisfied with that, I think I go in and have a meeting with them. We sit down, we go through the whole thing, and then they hand over the rest of the money. And so you say, obviously, your first customer. So I have to ask, like, where, where, where are we right now? Obviously, you've already mentioned that you you're still wanting to create an app, which hasn't been done. It's it's more um, a desktop platform at the moment. Um, but where are we? Like, has it la- officially launched now, or is it still in beta testing? Or where 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 are we with with? Well, I'm just about to officially launch it. Um, my whole plan was to i've been lucky enough to work alongside um langy's mma anthony lang he's been um you know i i approached him many years ago and said look anthony i've got this idea this is what i want to do you know can i sit down and talk to some of your students can i talk to you can i get your feedback you know um he's been really um instrumental in um in helping me get that 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 getting the project off the ground from that perspective because you know, you need to have some valid uh, feedback from the actual market. You know, you can't just sort of assume that you know everything and, and, and that you're going to solve all the problems that, that, that you need to solve just from your own mind. You know, you really need to get out there and speak to people within the industry. Um, and Anthony's been, um, been, been, he's always been in my corner, you know, and um, he's, he's, he's really helped. And so, you know, we've got the platform into Langies now at the moment. Um, you know, we've had it in there for like the last three months. And, um, you know, that was always my plan to, to put it into Langies. Any any type of software or platform or application that you make, um, when you first release it, it's going to have bugs in it. You know, it's not going to work 100% correctly. That's the nature of, of, of this type of business, you know. And... Um, so, you know, that was the plan. Okay, let's put it into Langies. And I, I, I told Anthony, I said, look, this is going to be our MVP. You know, it's, it's the first, very first version. It's going to have bugs. You know, I need, we need to work together to sort the bugs out. Um, you know, are you happy with that? He said, Ben, no problem at all. You know, that's, I can see what you're doing. I, I back you. I back the project. You know, I'm happy to help. You know, I can see the value that it's going to add to my club. So, yeah, we've had it in Langies for three months now and we've sorted out all the bugs. Um, so yeah, we're just about to, I've got a new website getting built. Um, so realistically within the next one or two weeks, like I, I feel like an official launch coming out, coming through where, you know, I'll sort of make a, make some announcements on social media, you know, I'll start, uh, driving sales through some more, through ads and email campaigns. And I really start to get the, the name and the brand out there and, and, and promote the application. Is Kings on board? Because I, I, I kind of had a little stalk of your, your Instagram before this and, and I saw you there with Elvis and, and is he on board as well? 
Yeah, look, I, I, I tried to get Elvis as well. I've spoke with him um, quite a few times through this project. He's been very helpful as well. He's, uh, he's a very intelligent guy, Elvis. You know, he researches everything. He's very sharp. He's got a great business out there at King's. I don't know if you've been out there, but, uh, mate, it's, it's the most impressive MMA training facility I've ever stepped foot in. I, I would have to say it's the biggest and best in Australia. If there's bigger and better than that, I'd love to see it. You know, he's, uh, he's a really good guy. You know, he's worked hard to, to, to achieve a lot of success in his career from a fighting perspective and, and also from a business perspective, a club perspective. Um, you know, I've got a lot of respect for him. And, um, you know, I wanted to get Elvis on board as, as an ambassador for the, for the program. Um, Elvis has given me a lot of, a lot of feedback and, and the, the ideas that he would like to see to see in the application. Um, what we're going to do first, I think, with King's is King's actually has a yoga school that, that operates out of it called Sydney Hot Yoga. And, um, you know, Elvis has, has uh, he has asked if we could, yeah, we could put Udon into, into that part of the business first. Um, because Udon has to, has to evolve a little bit more and get a bit more functionality and features to be able to accommodate a school the size of King's. Um, you know, it, it's it, it's it's nearly there, but it just needs it just needs uh, it needs more. It needs more to to be able to really uh, solve all the problems of of the size of, of of King's Academy would would create trying to run that that, that style of business. But um, you know, Elvis has been a big fan, and uh, you know he's really helped me as well. And yeah, we'll hopefully be getting it into um, to the yoga studio. Um, I think I'm just really just waiting for his subscription of one of my competitors to. Um, to end and then then Udon will be into at least that part of the of King's Academy and then hopefully um, we, we will we will get uh, King's fully on board and I have to ask and, and this is only because my gym uses it uh, Zen Planner you heard of that oh yes 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 so if I was to ask you what sets you apart from say a Zen Planner and this is only so I can walk into my gym and 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 and, and kind of like maybe show them this platform as well. What 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 are your major kind of I guess differences that that you would kind of like point to? Yeah, for sure. Look, uh, you know, there's there's quite a few of these things. You know, there's and the pandemic has has really highlighted the the need for these types of programs. So there's more and more competition coming out. Um, I do look at them from time to time. Some of them that are that have come out are, are quite good. Others are sort of just very generic. You know, there's there's a there's a whole few there's a few of them that I could name. Mind Body, that's my biggest competitor. Uh, there's Zen Planner, as you mentioned. There's Kicksite. Um, there's Glow Fox. Now there's there's a whole there's a whole range of these things coming through, and they're all to me they're all very generic in the way that they they look and feel, um, and pretty much they're all generic in the way that they cost. They're quite um, expensive depending on the amount of students that you have in your club. Um, so you know, mine. Uh, say mine body, for example. You pay. Uh, you know, you could pay anywhere between two hundred and fifty to eight hundred dollars a month, depending on the size of your business, um, just as a monthly subscription fee. Then on top of that, you would pay. You know, maybe five or six hundred dollars in merchant fees to your to your merchant, like Easy Debit or Ebi Debit, whatever one that you wanted to go with. So you you know you have a, a monthly subscription fee for the platform, and then you have a, a large amount of fees for the for the money that's moving in and out of that platform. With Udon, Udon has no monthly subscription fees, and we have no merchant fees. So, you know, it's just made um, with modern, more of modern technology. It's made with Stripe technology. 
Um, it just allows us to create a different business model where we, uh, we make our money off the, um, off the transactions that go through the platform itself. So for a business that's free for them to have the program, we don't charge them a monthly subscription fee and the merchant fees are handled through the program itself. There's no, there's no um, like a third party uh, merchant. And I guess the other advantage is for, especially what we've been through at the moment, and let's knock on wood that we don't go down that path again, but like where we've had a period where gyms had to close for two, three, in some cases, probably even longer if you're down in Melbourne and, and, and things like that. But like from the way I'm understanding it right now is in those cases, they would have shut down the business and those, because there's no subscription fee, there would be no outgoings. Is is Am I right in saying that? Yeah, that that's correct. Um, I heard a story, I think, this is what I heard down in Melbourne. You know, they were locked down. It was now like for six months, I think. Like for that, that I think the second time they went into lockdown, or maybe I can't quite remember now. But I heard that Mind Body gave um, gave all the businesses one month free, and um, and that was it. So they 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 shut their their fees off for one month, and then for the rest. So if you're paying like you know six hundred bucks a month to have Mind Body, but you have you can't operate your business, you know that's that's you know it's for me that's pretty poor customer service. You know, um, you know you should only be getting charged for these platforms while you're using them, not getting charged for just to have them. You know, another benefit of Udon is to it allows the customer, like the member or the student of the business, to um, to 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 be in, in charge of their own um, <coughs> payment details. Uh, they can cancel their own subscription or update their own subscription at any time. Well, you know, it just makes it a hell of a lot easier. For example, now, uh, I know with Anthony's old system he was using, if I said to him, okay, look, Anthony, I, I've, I'm injured. You know, I want to cancel my uh, direct debit for the, for the next three months. You know, I would have to write him a letter. I'd have to give him like written sort of permission saying, Anthony, this is what I'm going to do. He would then send that to his merchant. The merchant would then take a, me off the subscription. Um, you know, so it's sort of a little bit of a lengthy process that, that you need to go through just to get off your monthly subscription or your lesson plan, whatever you've purchased. Udon allows the user, the member, the student to be in charge of all that. So it's just a very uh, simple and effective, easy way to manage the day-to-day -day, uh, runnings of, a, of, a, of a, a business like a martial arts or a yoga studio. But what's uh, stopping like students from cheating the system sorry i was choking right there um but yeah what what's stopping students from cheating the system to put their membership i guess on hold <clears throat> and um yeah and still turning up to classes i guess if, if you're putting the power back into the students hands if that makes sense yeah well the way it works now is uh with with langies um you know, everybody who walks in the door, you know, they have to have to join the class. Okay, so if there's, you know, it's like adults BJJ at six o'clock, everybody who's walking in at five at five fifty, you know, they have to join the class. Um, they do that. They can easily just scan a QR code. The QR code will bring them up to the to the Udon customer web portal. The web portal has the all the classes listed. They join that class uh, through the Udon portal on the desktop. Anthony can see the class he can see who's joined it obviously if there's 20 people joined in the class the, sorry there's 20 people training in the class but only 15 of them have actually joined the class he knows who hasn't joined the class and then he can speak to them about um uh, about why they haven't 
they haven't uh, officially joined the class. Um, Anthony can still can see their um, their the the parameters around their subscription, whether it's active, whether the card's been declined, or or you know the payment issues. So he can see who has an active subscription and who who has a an inactive subscription subscription. If you have an active one, you can join the classes. If your subscription is inactive, well, then you need to go and fix it up before you can go and join the classes again. And so where are you right now in, in the sense of like, <clears throat> I guess for people listening to this episode, like are you at a point where you're now uh, onboarding uh, different gyms or are you still looking for gyms um, to, I guess, as you say, while you're still, or are you through Langs now, have you ironed out all the bugs or are you looking for gyms to jump on board as, as kind of like a trial period? Like where, where, where are we at with that? Yeah, well, like I said, you know, we're probably like one or two week, two weeks away from uh, officially launching now. So, you know, no, um, both Anthony and myself, you know, you know, we're very happy with the platform and, and the, the way it's working. Um, you know, we've ironed out all the bugs and, you know, we're good to go, you know. So, you know, I'd, I'd invite any businesses that, that, that want to have a, a platform to, to give me a call or send me an email and, um, you know, I can arrange a demo and, um, you know, I can talk to them about how I can, you know, save the business time and money. Well, perfect, and and I guess that's where we'll kind of kind of round things up. But like for for any gym or, or business that wants to have, a, as you say, a, a, a demo or or get some more info on 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 this product, um, what's kind of the best way? I guess for them to reach out, you, you mentioned email, I, I, I guess you've got a web, oh, well, the website's not launched yet or has it been launched? I don't know. But like, yeah, say say um, a gym wants to approach you uh, for a live demo or, or anything like that. What What's kind of the uh, best way of hitting you up? Yeah, look, I've got, um, yeah, the, um, I, I do have a website out at the moment, but um, that's just getting updated within the next one or two weeks. Um, there's a, there's a, like a, a member request form through that, a, a little portal where you can send me an email. Um, Udon actually has a Facebook. It has a, an Instagram. They're both just uh, forward slash Udon or uh, at, at Udon. Um, you can send me a direct message there. Um, my email address is ben at udon.com. So it's uh, udokn.com. You can send me an email or, uh, you know, yeah, that, that would be the best way to get in touch with me at the moment for sure. And actually, before I get you out, we'll just change it back to now, fights. Usually I would have ended it there, but um, just because I know you you do watch a lot of the fights and you keep up to them, I, I, I always like to get uh, fighters to give a few kind of upcoming fight predictions. Um, so I'll, I'll just f uh, throw a few out there. We, we've kind of mentioned the the, the Whitaker and, and Izzy, so I've already got you on there. Ty, he's got a fight coming up with uh, Greg Hardy. Um you know, who, who do you like in that fight? How do you think that'll play out? What, what, what's your kind of opinion? So who is it? Sorry, Greg Hardy and... Ty Tilvasa. Oh, Ty. Yeah, right. Um, Bam Bam. Bam Bam. Okay, okay. Um, mate, Bam Bam looked very much improved in his last fight, his last performance. I can't remember who he fought, but he fought a couple of weeks ago. Um, I was very impressed with him. Um, you know, he... he he he, tell, he tells everyone he's a street fighter, you know what I mean? And and that's sort of what kind of makes it exciting because, you know, you can see his authenticity, you know, coming from the western suburbs of Sydney, you know, he's like, yeah, man, I'm a street fighter, you know, this is what I do, you know, I can, I can, I fully get that. But, you know, you have to evolve as a fighter and as a, as a mixed martial artist. And he looked disciplined the last performance, you know, he was patient, he was kicking the leg, you know, he... 
he looked like there was a stru- like a sense of structure to his game rather than just um, just going out trying to knock the guy's head off, which is what he previously you know that's his strategy, right? I'm just going to go in and I'm just going to knock this guy out. I'm just going to take his head off any which way possible. Where I can't remember who he was fighting, but no, he was very patient. He managed his range. He was kicking the leg. He, you know, he was good, man. He was good, and he got the win. So, mate, I haven't, I don't rate Greg Hardy at all, <laughs> to tell you the truth. So, um, I don't even. I sometimes, you know, I don't watch all the the whole card, and I don't even watch Greg Hardy fights anymore, to tell you the truth. They're 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 pretty slow and boring for me. So, you know, I'll I'll definitely watch that one because Bam's always exciting to watch, and I'd love to see Bam beat Greg Hardy up. So, you know, I I definitely see see uh, see Bam Bam for the win there. All right, and then uh, another one would be um, Dan Ige versus the Korean Zombie. How do you see that one? Yeah, the Korean Zombie's tough, man. He's 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 very tough. Uh, oh, don't know about that one. That one could go. That one could go either way. That one could go either way. That's definitely the one that I'm kind of sitting fifty fifty on. Um, obviously, from what uh, the Zombie has kind of done. Um, but I also feel like, is he coming towards the end of his career? Mm. And he's been in a lot of wars. He has. Uh, but I'm very high on Dan Ego. So, I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of 50-50 on that one. Um, one that was a bit of a surprise, um, but I guess we all get excited on, is uh, Edwards versus the return of Nate Diaz. Um, mm. Do you like that matchup? Uh, yeah, how, what are your thoughts on, on, on that one? And who do you think potentially walks... Uh, out of the cage. So with, who is it? It's Nate Diaz and, and Leon Edwards. Oh, Leon Edwards. So obviously Leon just had the the fight against Bilal uh, with the eye poke. Yes. After two years, he did look great until that eye poke. Um, but he was also on a two year layoff. Um, and then obviously Diaz has been out for a little while now too. Um, yeah. How do you how do you see that? Oh, mate. I'll, Nate's always been entertaining. You know, even before. Before the fights with Connor and everything like that, you know, he was always an entertaining fighter to watch. Uh, mainly just because he brings it, he's there to scrap. You know, he's not there to push guys up against the fence or whatever. You know, he's there to to choke you out or knock you out or or whatever. Um, you know, he's got cardio for days too. You know, they get both the Diaz brothers. They get better as the fight goes on. Where most most fighters don't. You know, their 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 output starts to decline after you know first or second rounds. Diaz starts to pick up. Um, you know, can take a hit, loves getting hit, sort of turns, you know, turns him on, sort of makes him into a bit more of an animal. And, you know, you can just see it like he just, he's just really fun to watch, you know. And, um, you know, I, 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 I was always a Connor fan too, you know, and I, you know, I, I was always like, oh, Diaz could choke Connor out so easily, you know what I mean? But I think Connor could take him, you know, and then, you know, obviously Diaz choked him out. And, you know, I, I, I would never, not back Nate Diaz, you know, he's, he's, he's a full warrior, you know, he's a fighter from the, from the ground up and, and, you know, he'll take it to anyone and, and, you know, he, he doesn't have a large skill set, you know, like he's not, you know, he, he doesn't have kicks really, you know, he, he's, his boxing is, he's obviously got great boxing, but he has his own sort of style of boxing, you know, his, his approach on it, his way, what works for him. You know, he, he obviously jiu-jitsu, he's, he's, he's great jiu-jitsu, he's got high-level jiu-jitsu, you know, and he's got the tools that work for him, you know, and he gets the job done, you know, so, and he does it in an entertaining entertaining uh, fashion and manner, so, yeah, look, I, I would, um, I'd always back him, even though he hasn't been, maybe the money that he's made, you know, off the Connor, the Connor fights, you know, 
maybe that has gone to his head or he, maybe he's not the same fighter anymore. He has had a long layoff and obviously, you know, they talk, always talk about ring rust and stuff like that as well being a major factor. So, you know, who knows? Who knows? But um, one thing's for sure, it'll be entertaining. And I wasn't going to ask you, but you brought him up, Connor. Obviously, they're making the trilogy fight between uh, him and Dustin. They're one apiece. Um, how did you like, uh, I guess, Connor and Dustin's performance on, on the last one? And how do you feel this next one will play out? Oh, I predicted Dustin beating him, for sure, for sure. I remember Elvis actually put a post up um, way before the fight took place. Um, and I, he said, who do, you, who do you think will win? And I said, Dustin. I said, he's got massive, he's got better boxing. He's got massive punching power. You know, he finished Gagey. You know, um, he's been, he's been in, um, he's way more active, you know. Anyone who finishes Gagey, you know what I mean? It's like, dude, this dude finished a dude who's unfinishable sort of thing, you know. Um, and, you know, I've watched, I've watched Dustin's progress you know, from the time when Connor beat him, you know, Dustin's or Dustin the Diamond, he's always been one of my favourites. Um, you know, you could just see his progress, his evolution, his professionalism, you know, his mentality, you know, everything just get better and better and better and better all the way through his career to the point where he become a world champion, you know, and a, and a deserve, deservedly so. And, um, you know, Connor was, he's a tough fight for anybody, you know, but I just, after that fight with Gagey and stuff like that, I was like, look, if Dustin can put this dude away, you know, if he can put Justin away, well, then surely he can put Connor away as well. Um, the fight was amazing. It was a great fight. Um, and, and, you know, Dustin even admitted that Connor really hurt him. And I thought Connor was going to sniper him like he was sort of doing in that first round. Um, and then, you know, the leg kicks, you know, the calf kicks and stuff like that, you know, they started to, to, to play out and, um, you know, Dustin got the W, the W and, you know, deservedly so I was stoked for him. You know, I was a little bit sad for Connor, but you know, Connor's, Connor's got a hundred mil in the bank, you know, how bad, how, how sad can it be? You know, you saw the boat that he came in on in Dubai, you know what I mean? I was like, oh my God, look at this guy, you know, he's this from... Dustin, you know, Dustin's life to Connor's home life, it couldn't have been any different, you know? And um, look, I'm a bit sad now, like with what's happening with the, the promotion of this next fight, um, you know, because Connor was supposedly made a $500,000 donation to to the Good Fight Club, which is um, Dustin's uh, charity. Um, supposedly that didn't happen and now they're beefing and Connor's going at him and on Twitter and calling him a redneck and all this sort of stuff. I just don't know if that's fake. You know what I mean? Like Connor's the or best. It, or is the old Connor coming back? Because I mean, for, for a while now, people have been like, is this nice and friendly family man Connor who's now like, you know what I mean? Because even with, with Cowboy, he was really nice and pleasant to deal with. Like some people were saying that was kind of an act. So is the old Connor back? And does that make him more dangerous now? Well, look, Connor knows how to sell fights better than anyone, right? You know, and you just don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You know what I mean? And, you know, they, after that fight, they, you know, Connor has, has a lot of respect for Dustin, right? He whipped his ass, you know what I mean? So, of course, he has respect for him, right? And, you know, you never know the phone calls. Okay, look, let's create this little thing. You know, I told you I'd give you 500K, you know, let's just say it didn't happen and we'll, we'll hate each other, we'll go after it. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I said. I just don't know if what they're doing is, is, is phony, you know what I mean? To sell the fight because that's what does sell the fight. You know what I mean? Arguments and, and, and beefs, Twitter beefs and all this sort of stuff. It does, it does make the fight sell, you know? Uh, and I just don't know if that's genuine, you know? And that sort of saddens me because it, 
it sort of turns it into a bit of like a rock and roll wrestling sort of thing, you know what I mean? And UFC has delved down into that path a little bit and, you know, nobody wants to see it go there, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I would like to think that Connor, you know, has learnt a lot from the past, you know, and, and has evolved himself into, into uh, you know, someone who could sell the fights well but doesn't need to take it to that level, you know? So who's your pick? <laughs> man. Oh, man. I I can't – well, anything could happen. Look, Connor's a smart fighter, right? He's one of the smartest – he has the, one of the most smart fight, fight IQs in the game. Um, you know, he's also a sniper as well. You know, maybe if he just pushed Dustin a little bit more in that first round, you know, he could have taken him out of there. You know, he, he can. He's got the tools to take anyone out in the first round. But uh, Dustin, you know, he's, they call him the diamond, man. You know, he's tough under pressure. You know, he, he, he gets better. He's like Diaz. You know, he gets better as the fight progresses. Where Connor, you know, everyone sort of knows he gasses in the third round and what sort of thing as well. Man, it's an interesting one to see how Connor adapts, you know, adapts and adjusts, adjusts his game. Um, I don't think he can, in this short of time, learn how to check kicks. Like, we, you know, we talked about me checking kicks at the start of the thing, you know, like... You can't, okay, I've got to learn how to check kicks, you know, and, and even if you, for six months, that's all you do is train leg kicks. When you're in the fight, you know, it's a completely different mindset. You know what I mean? Will you automatically have that muscle memory where you can just check the kicks without thinking? You know, if he doesn't, well then, you know, he's going to be in a lot of trouble again. So once again, who's your pick? Oh, okay, <laughs> I'll go. I'll go out on a limp. I'll, I'll say Dustin again. I, I want to see Dustin win. Dustin deserves it. Connor's, Connor's got his, you know, he's he's got many accolades. He's got ton of cash. Dustin's doing the right thing for his, you know, he's got the good fight foundation. You know, he's he seems like a legit, genuine, genuine person. You know, he deserves, and he's worked hard. I've seen him work hard all the way up through his career. He deserves to be. Well, he's not champ at the moment, is he? He's he's no no. They're fighting. No, yeah, he he was the champ though, right? Like who who took the the belt off him? Well, he? Khabib. Yeah, that's right. That's of course. Right? Yeah, of course, Khabib. Okay, Khabib's out of the game. Dustin's the second best in the world. He deserves the strap. Um, this fight will hopefully get him to a to to earn the strap again. He deserves it all, man. He's the he's the in my book, Dustin's the quintessential mixed martial arts. He's had the 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 one of the best careers that you could have. You know. And speaking of which, I mean, obviously he he got offered, I guess, or I, I would assume he got offered the title shot, but he he rejected that to take the money fight, right? Which is a smart move in a sense because I I always said like, you know, by doing that, obviously he wins this fight, he's next in line for the title. If he went for the title shot, if Conor never got up to another title fight, then you've lost the money fight, right? So it kind of, in a business sense, makes a lot of sense. But having said that, you've now got Charles Oliveira. Uh, fighting Michael Chandler for the title. Do you like that matchup? How do you see that one? Well, one, uh, taking the money, you know, you've got to be strategic in this game, you know. You've got to, you've got to have some sort of strategy and, and, you know, you've got to have longevity and, you know, you've got to make money, right? You know, so I, I think, you know, that's obviously the smart decision. But also, too, the way it sort of played out with Michael Chandler coming in, you know, Dustin was saying, okay, it's going to be Dustin and Chandler for the belt, right? And Dustin's like, no way. No, Chandler can't, you can't have one fight in the UFC and then fight for the belt no matter who you are. And I agree with that. 
I agree with that. Um, Chandler had a great performance against um, the Kiwi there, Dan Hooker, who's, a, who's an absolute savage. But, you know, he came out with a great game, pl- game plan, stuck to it and, and, and knocked him out. Um, I don't know too much about him because I don't watch a lot of Bellator. But, like, you know, he seems legit. He looked legit. Uh, Oliveira, I've always watched. I've always been a fan of. Um, you know, it's it's he's always been one of those guys that's been on the fringe, you know. So it's quite surprising to actually see him up in quite in title contention. I think he's a great fighter, but I don't like he's not on the level of Dustin Poirier. You know what I mean? I I don't see them. I don't see him being anywhere near the level of of Dustin and 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 Connor. Um, you know, so you know, it'll see how it sort of plays out. But him sort of saying, "Okay, I'm not going to fight for the title," because what what was getting offered to him was Chandler, and and that didn't make sense to him. So you know, I completely understand why he went with that decision. So who's your pick, though? Out, Oli- of, Ch- out of Chandler and Oliveira. Well, I've always liked um, DeBronx. You know, I've always liked him, man. He's got great jiu-jitsu. He's got he's got really solid Muay Thai. You know, he always brings it. He's a he's a solid fighter. I've been watching his, his whole career. Uh, Chandler, you know, I I I don't really. I've only really, to be honest, I've only watched that one fight with Hooker, and I I liked him until he started that ridiculous call out at the end and USA and Channing and all this sort of stuff. It may really made me cringe. I was like, man, you've just done some amazing work, and you know, you've just kind of spoiled it. So you know, I'll go with I'll go with De Bronx on that one, man, for sure. Beautiful and. Last but not least, and then I'll get you out, is the latest series of Tough, the long-awaited match between Alex Volkanovsky and uh, Brian Ortega. Do you like them as coaches? How do you see that fight uh, when we finally get to see it? Um, and yeah, who, who have you got for that one? Man, I love Volkanovsky. He's just such an Aussie. Like, it's, it, it, like for people... For, for Australian people to, to watch him, we understand him. You know, we understand his accent and, 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 and his, his reactions. And, you know, it's just he, he represents an Australian the way we – our mannerisms and the way we talk and act. And so, and he does it well. Like there, there was a tweet the other day about how Robert Whittaker and both Alex, they're just like true blue Aussies. They're, they're really respectable. They're great. They're good family uh, men. Like, I saw that they, tweet, yeah. Yeah, you know, they, they really – I guess handled themselves well and if there's two people that you want to go this represents us i i, I think we're in good hands in yeah, that sense def- yeah definitely definitely so you know i love i love watching him on television he doesn't he's so genuine you know he's not he doesn't change like when he steps in front of the cameras you know all the press and you know even after winning the title and and all that sort of thing you know he's just the genuine footballer from wollongong right and 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 just on that just quickly it just goes you to show that anybody can win a world title, right? You know, any gym can win a world title. You know, they got nothing. You know, if you've seen their setup down there and where that sort of come from and all that, you know, you know his his coaches. Are, I don't know his coach's name, but you know, he's never, he's not, uh, you know, he's not um, one of the most respected coaches in the game. And you know, he's just okay. Well, I've got someone here. I've got a student who's keen to learn. I'm going to teach him. We're going to. I'm going to teach him as best as I can. And you know, they've worked their way up to win a win a world title. You know, anybody, any gym, and anybody can do that. And that's that's the example of that, which is which is amazing. Um, you know, so I, I love Alex. I love Ortega too. I think Ortega's a a, a great, um, you know, a great martial artist as well, who has also evolved. Uh, immensely since just becoming like a jiu-jitsu guy you know his stand-up now i can't remember the 
one of the fights, one of his pre- last fights that I watched him, you know, he looked like a completely different fighter. Well, it was against the Korean Zombie. It was, it was Korean right. Zombie, was yeah. it? Yeah, and, yeah. And he pieced him up. His stand up, his stand up looked amazing. You know, he's really strong Muay Thai. You know, he looked he looked great. So Ortega's tough, man, for sure. Um, so it's going to be interesting, interesting to see how these guys coach each other. You know, interesting to see how the teams will relate to 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 Volk. You know, and I, look, I know when Bobby, when 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 Whitaker was coaching, you know, he had a, he had a lot of issues with his team. Um, you know, and I, I'm not sure if that was from him, his mentality. You know, the way he approaches stuff, and you know, his coaching staff being Australian and stuff like that. You know, I'm not 100 percent sure, but you know, it'll just be interesting to see how um, Volkanovski's staff and the team, his team members. Um, how they how they synergize, you know? And I was gonna say who's your pick, but I'm 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 assuming you're gonna you're gonna back the Aussie, right? Oh, uh, look, not not always. Look, I thought Max beat him. I honestly thought Max beat him last time. I think the first three rounds, Max put on a clinic. Max Holloway put on a clinic. It was one of the best three rounds I've seen from from a from a martial artist. And you know, he didn't get the decision there. Um, the people I was watching it with were like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." Uh, you know, Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. You know, we won. I was like, "Oh man, Max got ripped off." You know, so not always, but um, you know, I'll, I'll judge fighters based on their, their merit. Um, but um, I would lean towards more Ortega, you know, sorry, sorry, Volk, you know, I love you, but, uh, mate, uh, you know, he's, uh, Ortega's, um, Ortega's a, a hard fight for anyone and he's only getting better and better. So, you know, we'll see, we'll see how it plays out. Well, there you have it, man. Like, uh, as I say, like, I, I, I really appreciate you taking the time to, to, to kind of come out and see me. Um, it's been a long time coming. Obviously, we, we spoke about getting you on a while back, uh, but obviously you, you've been in development for a little while. Um, and I have to say this episode's now kind of run a little longer than I thought it would. Um, probably one of my longest ones, which is kind of crazy as well. But no, look, I, I really appreciate it. We definitely want to do some other things that we've been talking about as well, but uh, we'll, we'll keep that on the harsh. Um, but look, best of luck to you. Um, uh, once again for people that want to check it out it's it's udon the k is silent uh go check it out and uh yeah until next time let's stay blessed i'm away i'm away